0: This morning I'll be reading from Luke chapter 12. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for your many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night in your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. The word of the Lord be to God. God is spirit, and so are we. Those who worship Him must worship him in spirit. You were spirit before you became flesh and when you retire your body you will become pure spirit once again. While we live in these fleshly houses, we must maintain the memory of who we are and who we are connected to in spirit. Though we have many physical bodies in this building today, in Christ there is only one spirit and that spirit is form, it is without material matter. It simply is what it is. And I hope that as we sit in this assembly today, we will not become confused in believing that we are separate and apart from each other individualistically. We are one in spirit. What you carry in you I carry within me and that is what makes us related to each other. That We are brothers and sisters and dwelt by the same spirit that cannot be sliced and diced and demarcated in categorized you cannot split up spirit spirit is one pure essence of God's divine being and through Christ he has come to dwell in us and that is what makes us more than human we are both human and we have the vine which is Christ that dwells in us that empowers us to bear good fruit to the glory of God. I want to thank Shane for inviting me to be here with you today and to speak from the text that he assigned to me. (laughs) So I am only following orders. As I preach from this text today, Uh, it's good to see my good friend, uh, Mike, uh, who's here today. Um, And I appreciate him for extending uh, the invitation to me to work with him on staff here uh, a few years ago. I think it was 2005. And I'm not good with math, so I'll let you all (laughs) add that up the rich fool. Jesus tells a parable about a rich fool in Luke chapter 12 verses 16 through 21. The previous verses tell us what caused Jesus to tell the parable about the rich fool. Luke says that a person in the crowd made the following request of Jesus. He said, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Such divisive family feuding over who gets the inheritance goes back as far as Esau and Jacob. This type of sibling turf war also shows up in the strained relationship between the older and younger prodigal brothers in Luke fifteen eleven through 32. Intense ego driven struggles between blood relatives over material possessions continue even today. Competing with and canceling one another over the material things that parents and grandparents left behind have severed familial relationships and have torn families apart Some people have murdered their own family members over material possessions The global human family is sick with the disease of greed Humans are killing and destroying one another through civil war in attempts to satisfy their lust for complete control of physical resources. Jesus asks, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Who made me the referee in your economic competition? What makes you think that I would rule in your favor against your own brother? What makes you think that I would lend you my endorsement to your greedy effort to place your love for material possessions above your love for your own brother? Jesus is asking the same questions of Christians today. Christian families have split the church pews down the middle aisle over the ballot box. Christians have forgotten their spiritual inheritance in the kingdom of God in their busy quest to disinherit their own fellow Christians from an earthly inheritance. Young people are leaving the ranks of Christianity because they are tired of the unholy hang-ups over politics in the church. They're tired of witnessing the domestic violence going on in the house of prayer for all nations between the unfriendly political neighbors known as Mr. and Mrs. Red and Mr. and Mrs. Blue, hint, hint, hint. They have discovered that the power struggles they see in the church have more to do with egos that are greedy for the complete possession of the inheritance of power, control, and domination than it has to do with doing God's will. Jesus responds with wisdom to this power gridlock. He said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. His admonition reminds us of the television show called American Greed. Each episode describes a specific story about someone who had more than enough surplus of what they needed, but because of their greed, enough was not good enough for them. Their greed caused them to lose everything, including their own families. They infused their lives with their possessions so much that they could no longer distinguish their lives apart from their possessions. And for this reason, Jesus says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. One can own all the material possessions in the world and still possess an inner poverty of emptiness that material things cannot conceal. It is after this teaching on greed that Jesus tells the parable about the rich fool. The rich man in the parable truly qualifies as a fool because he acts as if God does not exist and as if God had nothing to do with his good fortune. He failed to see that his abundance came from the divine invisible creator. The rich fool is a prime example of what scripture means when it says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The parable says that the rich man's ground yielded an abundant harvest. He first talked to himself about the abundance that came from the ground instead of thanking God for the fertile soil. Instead of thanking God for the rain, instead of thanking God for the sun, and for everything else that contributed to the production of an abundant harvest, he started glorying in himself instead of asking God what he should do with his surplus he began questioning himself saying what shall I do it is clear that God was not even in his thought life anywhere it was all about him it was all about his goals all about his plans all about his future He says, I have no place to store my crops. In other words, he says, I have all this abundance and I don't know what to do with it or where to store it. The God thought never occurred to him that he could share his abundance with others who were less fortunate. He only thought about keeping it all to himself. I say again Shane assigned me this text. (laughs) He said to himself here is what I will do. He did not say here is what God wants me to do this statement is proof that it is his own creative idea that is driving his actions according to his own selfish agenda he says i will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there i will store my surplus grain the wood supplies he would use to build the barns was material that he did not create the ground that yielded the abundant harvest was soil that he did not create and the grains that came from the ground was produced that he did not create. The ground, the grains and the granaries all came from material matter that the creator had created. Even his intelligence to use the laws of agriculture and the skills of carpentry did not derive from himself. It all came from the generous Creator. His surplus was a result of God's good favor upon him. I ask the question of us today. What comes first to our minds when we reach a balanced budget and are blessed with an abundant surplus? Do we consult God in regard to how we shall use the surplus. The rich fool decided to store up his surplus for himself that will sustain him for many years to come. He began to celebrate himself. He said you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, 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 drink, And be merry. The rich fool gave himself all the credit. He felt it was his right to reward himself for his accomplishments that he had achieved. He felt that he had the right to spend his surplus the way that he wanted to spend it. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then, who will get what you have prepared for yourself?" He was divinely reminded that he had more grain than he had time. Some people have more money than they have time. They store up every penny on the unreliable assumption that they're going to be around to spend it but eventually the night question comes to them. The night question is coming to each of us. The night question will come when we are all alone with our material possessions. The night question will come as we are losing possession of our last possession, which is the physical body. When our internal organs are shutting down It will matter not that our financial surplus what it looks like and God rebukes the man calling him a fool as if he is focused on the material possessions but neglects the reality of his own mortality the very night his life will be taken from him and he will leave all his wealth behind and the parable underscores the importance of being mindful of our mortality and not obsessing over material possessions which are temporary. The lesson from this parable is not that wealth or surplus is inherently evil, but rather that we should use our resources wisely considering the needs of others and being good stewards of what we have been given. Sharing our surplus and helping those in need should be the integral part of our lives reflecting a deeper understanding of the true meaning of life and our responsibility to care for one another. The rich fool acted as the first couple of humanity that became spellbound by a physical object that looked appealing to them. Adam and Eve became obsessed with a material object that they felt could add more value to themselves than what God had already given to them. Instead of being content with God being the divine spiritual source of wisdom, they became greedy for the material thing that God had created. Genesis chapter 3 says that the forbidden fruit was pleasing to the eye and was also desirable for gaining wisdom. They sought wisdom from a thing instead of seeking wisdom from a being. They sought artificial intelligence, help me somebody, from something other than God. All they had to do was to depend on God for wisdom and for significance and for importance but their greed made them think that God was not enough. James says that if anyone runs out of wisdom, let them ask God who gives wisdom liberally. He does not want us to look to the material matter as the source of our wisdom and as the source of our importance. Wisdom. Wisdom is what will sustain the soul through all of the ups and downs and ins and outs of life. Proverbs 3:13 through 18 says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is the tree of life. She is the tree of life. Those who take hold of her, those who hold her fast will be blessed. The tree of life is within our reach and the great within. It is no longer out there in the external world. Christ who hung on a tree now is within us the manifold wisdom of God. He is the tree of light that resides within us. So stop reaching out after that which is out there and resolve yourself to settle down comfortably into that which is within you which is the eternal everlasting life of Christ that is indestructible, death can kill it. And what are we taking hold of? Are we taking hold of that which is physical matter or that which is spiritual wisdom that will last even beyond the grave? Spiritual wisdom will prepare us for when that night comes upon us when our soul and our life will be demanded from us. The night when our souls are demanded of us should be the night that we are preparing for every single day. When that night comes for me, I want to be more attached to him, who is the manifold wisdom of God than I am attached to my banking, checking, savings account, or my wardrobe, or the car that I drive, which is really not anything to hold on to, it's an (laughs) old struggle buggy, amen. But sometimes we even get attached to those things. When that night comes for me, I want to have confidence in my spiritual surplus, more confidence in that than I have in my budgetary surplus. When that night comes for me, I want to have more spiritual grain stored in the storehouse of heaven than I have in the financial storehouses of this world. When that night comes for me, I want to be free to catch my flight without having to check any (laughs) bags. So every day I'm lightening my load. And so we, today, must be preparing for the approaching of that night. And no matter how well we are known, no matter how much power we have, no matter how much money we have, that night is coming. You can go and ask people today, who have been assigned to hospice care. What is the most important thing that exists in the orbit of their consciousness? They will not tell you that they're thinking about how much money they have. They will not tell you that they're thinking about how many possessions they possess. They are thinking about how they will meet the face of him who called them out of that region that had no form and no matter. They are wondering How shall they meet him? Will they meet him with a smiling face upon them, welcoming them into that space, into that region that has no form or matter? And the only way that we're going to be able to have confidence that God is going to welcome us into that region that has no form or matter, we must stop worshiping form and matter in this life. There are those who even worship the form of the of the worship service. Help me somebody. (laughs) Sometimes we get attached to the form. Sometimes we get attached to that. Instead of encountering the invisible spiritual presence of the divine being who we didn't come here to meet. He was with us on the journey all week long. This is a beautiful building, but you can't lock God up in here. (laughs) He's everywhere. And that is why it is important for us to be consciously aware every waking moment that God is spirit. Physical matter is only temporary. God is spirit. Even when we go to sleep at night, We should go to sleep with the conscious awareness that God is spirit. And even if I should die within this night, I have confidence that I will still wake up in the essence of the presence of God Almighty. So if you are here today and you are attached to your stuff, I want to encourage you to dispossess your possessions so that your possessions will not continue to possess you. Amen. Yeah. And you can live more freely like that. How many of y'all lack money? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> we have been led to believe that money is the source of our survival and we will still lie, kill and cheat for money. Money is a living entity. Jesus called it mammon. And mammon has a way of leading us to believe that we cannot survive without it. But God can enable you to survive. Even if you don't have no thing at all. But if you have God who is at the core of your very being. He reminds you that he is the giver of all good gifts. So don't judge your importance on what you ride in. Help me somebody. I once rented a fancy car and drove it somewhere and a friend said, man, is that you? I said, no, that's the car. (laughs) This is me. I ride in the car. Sometimes we get our identity tied in with our material matter, our material substance, our possessions. Brothers and sisters, thank God for every gift of possession He gives to us, but He didn't give it to us to replace Him in our lives. He gave it to us to use to glorify Him and to use it to point other people's attention to Him and to bless the sustenance of the lives that we are connected to on this planet we all got to help each other keep on breathing can i get amen Amen. and you don't have to be in a lake or in a pond or in an ocean to drown you can drown on dry land and so those of us who are blessed with possessions we can we can share those possessions with others as many of you have and as many you are sharing your possessions with others so that they may continue to breathe but teaching ourselves and teaching them that things are not to be worshipped. They ought to be used to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. May God bless all of us as we continue to remember that our home is not in this world. We are just a passing through. And the older I get, it seems like the faster time speeds up. It was almost 20 years ago that I came to Abilene. No, it was 20 years ago when I came to Abilene, Texas to begin teaching at ACU. January of 2003. And Lord have mercy, it is 2023 now. Back then, all of my hair was black. <laughs> Didn't have any gray in my mustache. I looked kind of handsome, help me somebody. <laughs> but time brings about a change. We get older. Our health begins to decline. Our bodies began to fade. Our friends began to fade, no longer walking with us on the journey of life. But I don't know about you, there is something deep in my soul that reminds me that this world is only a temporary experience and that I am only here for God to use me as a rusted tool in his awesome hand for him to accomplish his desire and his purpose and as long as I breathe I want to let him have his way with this physical temple because one day I will have to lay it down and I want to hear him say well done thy good and thy faithful servant and if I can hear those words, it will have been worth the journey from February 27, 1961 to whatever my death date shall be. And I pray the same for you. May God bless you as you continue to reflect upon the words that I've shared with you today. And if you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you to consider surrendering your whole being to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and listen, listen to his divine teaching. Pursue him as the wisdom of God, as the intelligence of God, and let him rule and reign in your life going forward for however many days you have left on this planet. May God bless you.